We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You know Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I am so glad that you guys have joined me for yet another edition. It has been a minute, and I'll tell you all about where I have been and why I have been or not been here with you guys. But first and foremost, again, welcome aboard. If this is your first time checking us out, we certainly appreciate that. We want you to subscribe comment like all that good stuff and of course uh, you can supplement this podcast by going to the wadeswordproductions.com website that's wadeswordproductions.com and of course you can peruse the site check out all information about me and my shows and things that i'm doing all over the place including well not including yet but some new stuff that we're working on as well in addition to that we have a 24 hour a day sports line available to you guys so if you want to call comment ask a question make a request if you want us to talk about a team a city a subject please hit us up 832-941-6614 that's 832-941-6614 and of course on social media it's the sports talk with Devin wade group page and the fan page on facebook so on facebook you can check us out sports talk with Devin wade frequently there are poll questions. There are uh, comments and posts put up by a number of people who will really just pump stuff out every day with comments and things to comment on, headlines and all that good stuff. And I put stuff there as well. So it's a great way to extend your interaction with this program. And finally, on Twitter at WadesWord, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Well, this time I, I'm really just kind of getting back into the flow and I'll tell you where I've been and I'll go over a couple of the headlines and I may, I may just hit you with a Lamont award for the big dummy of the podcast. So here we go. So last time I came to you guys, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I had a Super Bowl Sunday edition, a special edition, which I thought was great. I hope you guys liked it. And I had a chance to interact and go Facebook live, which was really, really cool, by the way. And it prompted me to want to do more, and I'll be doing more. But that Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, was good. Everything was good. And we were going to do more, 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 blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) not blah, 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 but we were going to do more stuff. And so I was coming to you guys the next Sunday. Well, uh, for those of you who are around the country and around the world, of course, a few weeks ago, we had a huge winter storm. Well, on the eve of that storm, or actually earlier in that day, I was going to uh, complete a podcast in which I had interviewed Terrence Harris, King T, and everything was in the works. I had to do a uh, a few last-minute things because I knew we would probably be hunkered down for a couple days. I, I, I figured that... Yeah, you may not be able to get around or really even want to get around in some very ugly weather, some tremendously cold weather. We knew it was going to be cold, 
But I was so ill-prepared. But, but anyway, so that Sunday, I, I just happened to stop and get some wood. And other than that, I did very little to prepare. Other than I had gotten some things at the grocery store. So I, was, you know, so I did not do the podcast that day. Then it, the weather got bad that Sunday evening. And lo and behold, 4 in the morning on that Monday, my lights went out. Lost power. And my power did not come on until Thursday at 1 p.m. Now, let me explain something to you. Living in Texas, I've traveled and I have relatives. My mother's from Pittsburgh, so we would be in Pittsburgh frequently to visit my grandmother as a kid. And so I've been around that kind of cold weather. And I've been uh, to Chicago and, and Evanston to visit cousins, and that was really, really cold. So I've been in cold environments. And I have been in some oppressive uh, weather-related situations. But this was this was close to the worst. I'm trying to put some perspective on this to sort of rate my discomfort through it all. Because I've been through three major hurricanes and several flooding events. But this, this was something else. And because we're in Houston, I don't have in my particular home... I don't have natural gas. Everything is electric. So when the power's out, the heat is out, the stove is out, have a fireplace. But my fireplace, you know, I don't know. For us, I I don't know anybody's fireplace that is really like a source of heat down here. I don't know if, if it just, it, mine is just cosmetic. But, yeah, I had some wood in. And it warmed the immediate little area around there. But when that the lights went out, it got cold. And I'm telling you, in the middle of the night, it was cold, cold. I, it got down to, I guess, uh, I guess the temperature got down to 17, 19, seven, 19 or 17, or maybe even uh, lower than that. And then the next night, I think it went down to nine. But what, whatever the situation was, it was that Monday night, it was really, really cold. And it started getting cold. But then, man. It got really, really cold. It was 39 degrees in my house. And I'm telling you, I covered up and I did layers and all of that stuff. I did all of that. And it felt, it, it was it was so cold that when my hands weren't under the covers, it was like I was getting frostbite. It, this was crazy. And, and I think, okay, th- you think 39, 39 is not, 39 when for hours and hours and hours and hours, uh, and actually, it was 37. Let me correct myself. It was 37. It was 41 the next night and 44 the next night. But for hours, at rest, I'm not, it's not 39 and I'm moving around. It, I'm trying to sleep. And I'm telling you, my hands were so cold. And at one point, I turned and my neck was exposed. And it felt like. <laughs> ice demon was wrapping his hands around my throat it was this was ridiculous now i've went eight days for hurricane Ike. for those of you in the greater houston area i went eight days without lights during that and what's bad about hurricanes once the hurricane blows through it is there's almost no air in the atmosphere and it's just hot 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 and that was miserable but at least you can move around and you can, if you had to move around, you could after the storm is over. And, and you're good. This, 
because the roads were so bad, because we're not prepared, no salt, not a lot of salt trucks and, and no snow plows. Not that we had that much snow, but we did have quite a bit. But just conditions get bad here quickly. And, hey, in Houston, sometimes we don't do well with the rain, let alone snow. So the situation was I was without power for four days. And one night in the middle, I think it was either, I think it was Tuesday night. Because, again, all these things run together. In the middle of the night, it was really, really quiet. And all of a sudden, I was sleeping as well as I could sleep, considering that I just didn't want to go to sleep and take the long nap. (laughs) I mean, I didn't want want to go to sleep and never wake up because of of cold temperatures. And, again, that sounds – if you're not in it, it sounds like, oh, man, you're just talking. But I'm telling you, this was miserable miserable but in the middle of the night i just hear bang then a couple hour later a couple hours bang. <laughs> it turns out turns out those are my pipes so i had lost water or oh, the water was shut off no power no water for days and i i happened to venture out i was walking fell on some ice by the way came across a neighbor in an adjacent neighborhood and I, I just spoke. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, trying to make comments. I just spoke. Hi, you know, how you doing? Says, and the look said it all. And then she said, well, hey, I have about $80,000 worth of damage. My pipes burst and I have water everywhere. My ceilings have collapsed. It's just terrible. Turn your water off. So I came and I turned my water off. So I didn't have water, but I turned, I turned it off at the meter anyway. And okay, there was that. And so finally I said, well, let me have somebody come out and look. Maybe I have a couple of spots, which I was really, really lucky to have somebody come out. But somebody came out and he said, okay, I see two. Let me patch those. I have enough materials for two. I can't do much more than that. And he did the two. And then he says, wait a minute. There's another one. Then he says, okay, well, hey, there's another one. And he said, oh, my gosh. There's another one. So uh, I have essentially 15, 16 spots where my pipes just burst. They just, it just, they were copper and they just did not do well at all. He said that my home was the worst he'd seen. So that being said, I have been dealing with FEMA and my homeowner's insurance folks, uh, my adjuster, I mean, all of that stuff that I have to deal with. And, you know, I thought about a couple of things in the middle of all of that. Like, there's, there, you have to have a different level of sympathy for those who are homeless. I mean, because, man, it was, I mean, it was nowhere to go. It was nothing to do. There was nowhere to go to escape that. And I could not imagine having no place to go. And I know they had warming stations and they tried to make accommodations, but a lot of people, that that was for that storm. But on a lot of nights when it's just regular cold, it's it's pretty unbearable. And it made me think about, okay, yeah, I am, I'm in a bad way for now, considering what's going on in my life, but not, not in a really, really bad way. I felt really, really fortunate and really, really blessed. Although I guess I have to have that, <laughs> that mentality so I won't cuss too much. But yeah, it's it's going to be rough because I have even with all of that. I did have water damage. So I have 
Um, I had some limited water. Well, I say limited. It's a lot of water damage. And so I have to have uh, sort of insulation removed. And uh, the house has to be. Re it's just it's going to be a nightmare. So I have one room in which I have running water. And that's the kitchen. And so from that, I have to operate in other areas and i didn't want to escape and go to a hotel i don't know if they would have paid for it anyway considering i didn't had i not turned that water off i would have had i would have lost so much but i, I mean i don't know I, I didn't i never tried that but yeah i have to take uh yeah i have to make accommodations i feel like i am grizzly adams you know i'm sort of with the elements and, and i have to prepare myself i have to think about my day in a different way because i need that extra time to prepare get the water make sure the water i have water for the restroom uh water for the shower uh for you know for me to take a shower and wash down it's it's something else but beyond all of that with all of that going on uh the last thing on my mind most days uh, was sports and so finally i have am i'm not I'm not fixed yet. I have a. It's going to be a process, but for tonight, I have finally been able to carve out some time to come to you guys. So, wanted to tell you guys that, and give you a little bit of rundown of where I have been. It has been. It has been something. It's been something, and I know that I am not the only one that has suffered. And I want to thank my folks in the Friday Express group, my TFE folks, and for uh, folks who reached out to me, my cousins in Chicago. In Evanston, they reached out to me. Uh, folks from around the country, my cousins in uh, California, reached out to me, and I certainly appreciate that. It's been, whew, it's been something, and it's just, it's not over because again, this is a couple weeks into this thing, and yeah, it's, it's a thing, and it just makes me appreciative of the things that I do have, and I will never take water for granted again because I went so many days without having water and i had to go and make accommodations to try to get water because i was ill prepared because i can prepare for a hurricane i take those serious this i was like yeah 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 not so much never seen anything like it and uh, one of the coldest days in the history of houston so yeah it was it was something and for all those who are going through all of that i cannot sympathize with you more it's a it's a terrible inconvenient situation, but I know for me, I am very blessed and very fortunate. So with that, I'm gonna take a brief time out. Hear from our resident DJ DJ Anarchy, and I want to hear from our sponsor Cobank Homes. When we come back, we'll get into a few headlines, and maybe just maybe we'll do a Lamont Award. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. <laughs> For past episodes or more content, go to WageWordProductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. 
be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. tell you what man uh he's doing his thing check him out on instagram uh, dj anarchy and on soundcloud and if uh, you hear of him being somewhere around town go check that out you know what i want to tell you guys too i, I know i complained a little bit but y'all would have been proud of your boy your boy did his damn thing first of all i was just straight fire on twitter because i'm sitting here so i am so ill prepared I did not have a car charger, okay? I didn't have a car charger, so I couldn't charge my phone. So I told you earlier, I went for a walk. I went for a walk because I thought somehow Starbucks or Kroger near me, which is about a half mile away, I thought that they might be open. I don't know what I was thinking, but they didn't have power either. But I was looking for an external plug to plug my phone into. I've actually found one. There's, there are those if you ever run out of power and you need to look for an external power source, a plug to plug your phone in, you can you can find that outside of Kroger. But anyway, that's when I fell. And I fell right in the middle of the avenue. And I know people got a good giggle out of it. I stepped and I slipped, but I caught myself. And then the very next step is like, zoop, I was out of that. It wasn't too bad. It didn't get hurt. It just wasn't cute. <laughs> so it was not a thing so i'm sure folks got a laugh out of it but you would have been proud of you boy so i just so happened to make some soup on sunday night and I, it wasn't even really for me to eat that night it was just okay i'm gonna have some soup and then tomorrow i'll warm it up or whatever and what it, what ended up happening is on Day two of that situation, I think the sun came out. It was still like in the 30s. It was like 29 or whatever, but the sun was out and it was so cold. So I went out and lit the barbecue pit. <laughs> and so I lit the barbecue pit, had my little soup, warmed up some the water that I had remaining, some bottled water that I had remaining, made me some green tea. I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. I start, I mean, first of all, it was better outside than it was inside. And it's just not, okay, when you're cold like that, I didn't want to read. I just, it was just cold. I was just, I'm just sitting here. And if you went through it, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm just sitting there. 
there's nothing to do. And then I didn't have, I, I was tweeting and I'm looking at my battery life and I'm like, oh, my phone is done. So I didn't put a lot of gas in, I just didn't prepare. So I didn't have a lot of gas because I just, oh, it wasn't, you know, usually there's certain days I go and fill up, whatever, whatever. And so I couldn't just sit in the car for hours at a time warming up because I didn't really know, you know, when I would be able to get out again and I didn't want to run along and didn't have a car charger. It was just, it was just really, really terrible. So what I did the next day after I had the soup, I felt like, man, I felt like I, I was out in the wild. I had done something. <laughs> like I'd actually really made something happen by warming up my little soup. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was getting it in the next day. No soup. I said, you know what? I have my stainless steel mixing bowls. I am going to cook an egg with a candle. Cause that was my only real source. I couldn't have really done it on the fireplace. Uh, I don't, it, that wouldn't have worked. No, it, it just wouldn't have worked. And, and I try to go through the logistics of it. it that, that wouldn't have worked. So I got a Michael's candle and uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Frosted spruce, but it worked. So the first one I, I put the egg in and just a little bit of oil, olive oil or whatever. And it took a long, long time. So the second time I said, I'm going to heat up the oil. Now, it took me about 20 minutes each to fry an egg over a candle. But I'm telling you, A, it was good. And B, I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> so, so there's that. So let's get into some headlines. With all the talk about everything going on in my life, there was sports. And the most significant thing happened, Houston-wise, happened today. J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. $31 million, million one year, $23 million next year. And he has $20 million of that guaranteed. So that was a surprise. It was a surprise that that was the team he chose. I thought maybe it might be Tennessee. So he could reunite with Mike Vrabel. Who, uh, who was his coach here for a bit, but he ended up reuniting with another coach, a uh, defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph was a coach for him under um, Wade Phillips. When Wade Phillips was here and J.J. had a ton of success at that time, I mean, he was dominating, and he reunites with Vance Joseph and, of course, DeAndre Hopkins. So that division, you talk about the division with some pass rushes. You have J.J. White, which, again, he's clearly past his prime. But things should get easier for him because on the other side, he has Chandler Jones. But you think about Aaron Donald in that division. And you think about Bosa in that division. I mean, they have, there's some, some pass rushes in that division. And no wonder Russell Westbrook wants to get out of that division or get away from Seattle. Although I think ESPN is taking this story and running with it because Russell Wilson, although he's complained and he wants more say so, like a lot of them, essentially he says he has not demanded a trade. So all of this is to to make things right in Seattle. Let's see what happens in that situation. But I think it's more media hype. Uh, I think it's the tail wagging the dog on this situation. So uh, let's see what happens in Seattle. But again, good move for J.J. Watt. And it's not significant to Houston other than the Texans go to Arizona. The other thing that stood out to me was obviously the big news with the 
car crash of Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods, and I said it on KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday, it looks like this is probably the end for him. He had a compound fracture. That means the bone, I guess uh, it penetrated the skin. And this was, uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. And you add to that, he's just coming off of his fifth back surgery. And you add to that, his years in the game and uh, his age. And it's just probably the end for him. And he's a complex character for a, a lot of people. Because I think he had the weight of of African Americans on his shoulders in a way that not many people do these days. Because when you think about it, you they think about LeBron having a lot of pressure on him. But he's not the only African-American. So when he says something, he can say something, and then Chris Paul will say something else. And then the, Kevin Durant will say something else. or some, Somebody else will say something. When you're Tiger Woods and you have to face those sorts of questions, you're the only one. And you step into a situation that his father put a lot of pressure on the expectations for him as not a not just a golfer, but as a social force. And Tiger's just not able to live up to that. He's just not built that way. It, it, and I think that, that that disappoints me because everybody wants him to be Ali. Everybody wants him to be even LeBron and how he handles some of those issues or, or Colin Kaepernick. You know, everybody wants him to step up and be the – the guy that can rally the troops and, and speak truth to power. Although right now he's, he's the power. Well, he has been the power in golf. And I just think that we all wanted him to say and be what we wanted him to be. And he's not able to live up to that. Now that's not to say that he has not helped a number of folks in the African-American community. And the, I mean, I think just him as an example it's been wonderful. Although there's just not this crop of young African-American golfers. It just hasn't happened. And at the height of his popularity, I mean, you just thought, okay, this thing is going to take off. I mean, you're going to have, it's going to be like, like tennis. I mean, although you had predecessors with Althea Gibson and Zena Garrison and many other, Lord McNeil, many others that had come before Venus and Serena, what they did was inspired a whole generation of young African-American female tennis players. Now, you thought the same. And really, Tiger was more popular. He was more popular. And you, although you had increased African-American participation, it has not translated into having more golfers on the PGA Tour. But I think that the thing that will hang around his neck is a lot of people say he does not want to be black. He's Cablanasian. And he did that on the Oprah Winfrey show. And it resonated and it angered and frustrated a lot of people. But I can tell you this without even knowing all every aspect of his life. He knows he's black. He's dealt with all of that stuff. He's not dealt with the way I would have dealt with it. But then again, you know, that may not have been, <laughs> been the right way. You know, the, the whole fuzzy Zella comment about chicken and water, whatever he's, yeah, I, I, the particulars I remember, but I didn't you know, actually, I just saw it. So, uh, but, uh, collard greens, 
you know, all of the stuff that he had to face. But look, I've been in, look, I covered one golf tournament and I was about to break somebody's jaw. Okay. I really was about to, because it was a dude that tried me. He tried to provoke me in a way that, Oh, I'm innocent. Oh, I didn't, I don't, why are you getting so upset? But he knew exactly what he was doing. And so did I. And I just found it. Although for the most part, the official, this was, and this was one marshal. And what they do for these tournaments is, um, you know, I guess PGA or you know, people who are members of the United States uh, golf or whatever, they bring in these folks from courses from around the area and let them be sort of marshals uh, for the four days of the tournament. So this was some guy from way out in the sticks. And he just could not, he, he just didn't understand, like, well, how is this guy, you know, covering, you know, he, he didn't recognize me from television, but how is this guy covering the Houston Open? And, and, and again, the official, everything was fine, but that one guy, but all it takes is that one guy. And I'm like, look, somebody had talked to me and said, hey, man, uh, no, just let it go. And Tiger has faced a lot of that for a lot of his life. And again, I wish he would have been what his father said he was going to be. But it's so hard to live up to the expectations of your father in the entire country. <laughs> you know what I mean? With every black person you know. I think had he come along now, he would have been much more socially conscious and more outspoken. Even his comments on George Floyd were just, no, man, no, you don't, no, no. No, you you could have come out stronger, but we've seen him get caught up. And I do think that his legacy should not be tainted by his extramarital affair. And I say that because we should not know that much about any of these guys' personal lives. He didn't do this on the gram. You know what I mean? He didn't do this on on Snapchat or Twitter. I mean... He got caught up the old-fashioned way. They, they sort of, the gossip uh, pages got him, and he got caught up. And he had to actually go out. Can you imagine if some of the highest-profile athletes had to come out and apologize for affairs that they've had? I mean, male and female, I mean, I, ain't, I won't just blame the males, but I'm just saying, can you uh, just imagine that scenario? And so somehow, and, and people try to say his career fell apart after he got caught in the cheating scandal. He cheated. 50% of all marriages in America end in divorce. And another, what, 10, 15, whatever, you pick a number, a percentage of folks who, who cheat and don't get caught. Now, again, this is not a subject I even really want to, go down that road, but essentially you're talking about tainting this guy's legacy behind. I mean, look at, look at Ali. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about what Ali, you noticed, or well, maybe you don't know the story, but there were stories of all about, but that didn't taint his career in the least. That was a personal thing. And I mean, I know why. I mean, I think we all know why he caught so much grief for that situation, but you would think that that would make him even more, outspoken but he's been a muted social leader and he has not handled the responsibility of being a social leader as it pertains to racial issues at any point but i can tell you this that is one guy 
when he is playing, I'm going to always root for. And, I mean, again, I don't like his politics. I don't like the way he tries to finesse situations. But he grew up in a whole different way. And I'm not giving him a pass. But I do recognize that it's hard to live up to the expectations of so many people. Especially when we don't really know his day-to-day life. We, we don't. We just don't know. We don't know. But it's a shame that he hasn't been more outspoken in, in a uh, more forceful way. Uh, but that being said, man, I will alter things in my schedule to watch this guy do what he does. I have found and have gotten so much joy watching this guy play golf. It's been it's been phenomenal. Whether he was outspoken or not, he definitely he definitely was a game changer when it comes to uh, opening doors and blowing open the doors in a lot of different places. Because of what he did on the golf course, even though he didn't verbalize it the way I would want him to verbalize it. So with that, a couple of things I want to remind you guys of that uh, this is just sort of a, a getting my feet wet again. But I want to remind you guys that swag football has started and that's coming up. I'll be calling the Prairie View Texas Southern football game on Saturday and we'll have more swag conversation. March Madness is around the corner. I don't know how much we'll delve into that. Baseball spring training is going on. So all of that is happening and a whole lot more things with free agency, quarterback movement, all of those things are happening, and we will get involved with those things. I also want to remind you guys, go to Libera Pay. If you want to help me out, support me and support this podcast and make a financial contribution. It doesn't have to be big. It's whatever's on your heart and whatever you're able to do. If you get enjoyment out of this podcast and you want to see it continue to go and grow and get uh, get bigger, get better, thrive, get better technology, give us more of an ability to do some things to make it better and more entertaining, uh, just go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, all one word, LiberaPay, and search for Sports Talk with Devin Wade and uh, make a contribution. And uh, like I said, it is a, a really easy way to help us out and help make sure to offset some of the costs and help us get some of the things that we need. This is time and labor intensive and to uh, to continue to be able to devote the time and energy and resources that I want to devote to it. Uh, I would love and need, uh, I need and would love to have your support. LiberaPay.com, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. With that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the podcast. I want to make a, I want to give an honorable mention because there have been several big dummies since I have last come to you guys. And I want to recognize one, but I'm going to double back to a group that affects me because at the end of the day, isn't it all about me? (laughs) Don't I always seem to make it about me? No, not really. I'm just kidding. I I don't, I don't, I hope I don't, (laughs) but nonetheless, I want to talk about this kid at Cam Newton's camp. Cam Newton has a camp and or had a 
camp or some sort of function like all the players do. They go back and they give back to the kids. They, they get T-shirts and stuff and they, they put on, they give their time to kids. If you haven't seen it, there was a situation where a kid in his camp that Cam put on for kids just like him started to heckle and go at Cam Newton. And Cam kind of responded, well, hold on, man, I'm rich. But you're not going to be rich. You're going to be out of job. You don't have a job. Whatever, you know, whatever it went, they went back and forth. Only a snippet of it was caught on video. And then Cam goes back and he really seriously tries to talk to the kid. And this is the thing that I want to clear up for people. It's something that no one says, but we all know. There is a such thing as a kid. Okay, that, that's, that's a real thing. It's not like uh, just every kid is just ice cream and gumdrops until they turn 18. And then they turn into these horrible adults that we come across in our society. Now, again, the kids are not the finished product. We hope that they make their young mistakes and they learn the error of their ways and become better humans. But we know that's not always the case. And kids, teenagers are people. They are human beings. They, they are people. We just can't excuse behavior all the time. And this was a kid. Now, the kid has since apologized. And look, and I can tell you this because I kind of was a kid in one similar situation but it was much more subtle and there was a player this this when i was probably 18 19 i was i just i was either playing ball or just got through playing ball and i was really full of myself and i was a little bit disrespectful to a guy who was a a starting nfl player for the houston oilers not none of the guys that I've you hear have heard on the podcast. I'm not going to even say the guy's name, but I was really I and, and here's the kicker: I was uh, in high school and I was working at Subway or just out of high school. Uh, or I, yeah, it was I was in college or high. I think I was still in high school, and he came in. I was making his sandwich, and I kind of was just disrespectful to this dude. For no real reason, who just wanted some lunch? <laughs> so I was a kid. Now I'm old enough, and I've reflected, and I've learned about that. But I was that, and for that reason, hey, <laughs> that kid is a big dummy. But we'll give him a pass. He learned. Maybe he learned his lesson. Now again, the kid is gonna learn it from this, and he'll grow up, and and hopefully. He will understand, hey, man, just be appreciative and respectful. I mean, really, like, even how, whatever you feel, you feel. But don't. this man has beaten the odds, and he's come back to give to the community. The last thing he needs to deal with is, this ain't Twitter, bro. You're at his camp wearing his T-shirt. Just show the man a little bit of respect. I, and, and, again, we can get into the upbringing, and all, uh, but we won't even get in that because I don't know a lot about it. But I can take some educated guesses on the situation. I just think that that kid is going to have to learn. Honorable mention for him. But you know I got to go with Ercott. I'm not even going with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is, look, I don't want to give him the kind of energy because I think he he feeds off of 
the the hate that comes his way he digests hate and gets stronger <laughs> he really does like he's like godzilla we're gonna electrocute him oh, oh all of a sudden he not godzilla it was one of these other from the 60s or 70s these sci-fi creature who got stronger <laughs> the more you shot him up with it with uh, electricity and so i'm not gonna but ercot you are going to cost me some money you cost lives this was an absolute failure, Greg Abbott, Cruz, anybody you want to name, all up and down the line. It's a terrible thing. It's not very funny at all. This part is not funny because, again, this was absolutely terrible. And I am getting tired of having to defend my state by starting with, we're not all like that. <laughs> we don't all believe this. We don't all support this. And it just makes us as a state look really, really backwards. But you know what it's about. It's all about money. It's all about squeezing every little drop out of the low man on the totem pole. And that is absolutely terrible. And seven or eight of them have already resigned from the board. Four of them were from out of state. This is a microcosm of what could happen nationally if we don't make our elected officials and the folks that they appoint accountable for their behavior. You have people with $7,000 light bills. I haven't even gotten mine, so I don't even know. But I was without lights for four days, so you will hear a special podcast if I get some kind of outrageous uh, light bill. That happened before when a hurricane came. I was out. Of, I had eight days without lights and got a just astronomical light bill. It was ridiculous. Is no excuse for that. No excuse for Urkai. And for that reason, Urkai, you are a big bunch of dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a terrible situation. We hope that uh, that never, ever happens again. It's such a terrible uh, thing when you think about the money and the lives. Well, the lives lost first. And the people who have been displaced. Man, it's a disaster. And it was a man-made disaster. Uh, you couldn't have prevented some of the things because the weather was just so, so cold. But a lot of it you did. And we're finding out that this, this is much more sinister than we initially thought. But... Before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys. Glad to be back. And, and again, I'm going to get back to King T, to Eddie Robinson, to our guests. We're going to talk about some swag stuff. We'll have some coaches in. We're going to talk baseball. All that's coming up. We want to remind you guys, wadeswordproductions.com, wadeswordproductions.com, the sports line, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614, and Labira Pay, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Just look up Sports Talk with Devin Wade on Labira Pay. And as always, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.